If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hi, my name's Ryan Kruger. I'm the director of Fry Barry, and you're watching uh, Don't Go Out There podcast. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. Just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate it. Today, we are joined today by an actor, producer, and director with over 50 credits to his name and director of the new feature film, Fried Berry, Mr. Ryan Kruger. No relation to Freddie, though. Mr. Kruger, thank you for joining us. How are you doing today? Cool, man. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, doing well. It's, uh, it's actually winter at the moment in Cape Town, so it's, uh, it's a little bit cold here. Wow. Oh, man, it's burning up here in Florida. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what got you into filmmaking and the horror genre in particular? Um, I think it's just, uh, you know, when I was young growing up, uh, my dad was, uh, he was always making me, you know, making me watch. My dad's a big uh, film buff, so I just grew up with, you know, going to that uh, video shop, looking at all the VHSs. Mm-hmm. You know, it was always going to the horror section and, you know, checking out those, all those old school, uh, you know, great um, video covers. And, you know, you'd, I'd, I'd just put like, you know, pick all those out. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it just started at an early age, just watching all those, you know, all those horror films. And I think the, the one thing that stood out in the 80s uh, with horror films in general was was the video covers. So you, you yeah. didn't even give a shit what it was about. You're like, oh, that looks cool. <laughs> And you would just get it and you would, uh, you know, you'd rent it out. But uh, wow. kids these days, they wouldn't know, you know, everybody's on Netflix now. I mean, when you're a kid and you used to go to the video shop, you know, it would be like a Friday or a Saturday. and Your dad would be like, cool, we're going to we're going to rent a video out. And then you would spend like two and a half hours, you know, at that video shop, just looking all the way through it, you know, for hours, picking like five and just narrowing it down. And then your dad would say all right, you can have two. And then it'll be like, oh my God. And then you just <laughs> go and uh, check those, you know, uh, 
those films are. So yeah, I think I think it was from that at an early age that I just loved all the like the blood guts and uh, gore. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Silent Night, Deadly Night, um, Jason Goes to Hell, and Sleepaway Camp Two were all the, always the ones that stood out to me, and they probably owe a lot of their a lot of their success to those VHS covers. So I, I'm right there with you. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, it was just I'm just trying to think of like some you know off the top of my head, but I mean, yeah, it was just those video covers has just got so many, yeah, just just got you in there. I mean. And it was one of those things uh, growing up, you know, it was, you know, it was either watching Nightmare on Elm Street or the Jason movies and you would just sit there with your friends and, you, you know, you'd watch, you know, you'd watch them all like over the summer holidays and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was just a big part, you know, of, uh, of growing up. Absolutely. Um, so jumping right into it, your film, Fried Berry, um, actually started off as a short film. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the, so originally uh, Fried Berry, I made a, a short three-minute experimental film, which was literally, yeah, it was literally an experimental film. So, I mean, there was no major narrative in it or anything. It was just about a, you know, a heroin addict in a, living in an abandoned building with his highs and his lows. And it was designed to, you know, to make you feel uncomfortable. It was, almost, you know what, it was almost like a PSA. Like, don't do fucking drugs. <laughs> you know, it was one of those. So you watch it and you'll be like, fuck, I'm never taking drugs after, after watching that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I saw that it's got over 100,000 views, too, in a year. So that's awesome, man. Uh, that was just on YouTube. I'm sure it's even higher with other, you know, social medias and all that. Uh, obviously, with the success of the short film, you've made it into a feature film. Can you talk a little bit about the progression there? Yeah, so, I mean... What, what happened was after the, you know, after we finished the short film, we literally, you know, we literally took it to loads of festivals around the world and it just did really well. We had like 59 official selections. We picked up about 13 awards. And during this time going to all the festivals, we just started getting all this random fan art. And it was a bit weird because it was, you know, it's a short film, you know, and it's, I think people just loved that character and started, you know, just sketching all these pictures of uh, Fry Barry. And it, so I kind of knew I was onto something there, but originally there was never, ever a plan to, to make a feature out of Fry Barry. It was a standalone experimental film. And when I eventually did get the idea for, for Fry Barry for the feature, you know, it was just like, I know people are digging you know, this, uh, you know, the shorts and doing the fan art. So I'm definitely onto something, but I mean, the only, obviously because the movie is about drugs and it stars Gary Green and it's called Fry Barry. That's the only main connection there because obviously there was no story. So, and there was no alien, um, you know, anything to do with the short. So I had to think of the, the right story, the right character, to, to make this movie and also to get uh, Gary Green uh, to play Fry Barry. And as I said, it had to be the right, right story, right, right way to actually make the movie uh, because uh, Gary Green, he's not a, he's not a trained actor. So I knew I had to, I had to do it a certain way or the film would just flop and just, and just like fall. Oh yeah. I read on IMDb that you didn't use a traditional script and the film was written in three days as a scene breakdown, the dialogue and blocking was mostly improvised as well. I think that's amazing. Can you just talk a little bit about that? 
Yeah, so what happened there was, I mean, this film came around like pretty quick. I mean, where I was at the time, I really wanted to make a feature and I had been, have been wanting to make a feature for, you know, quite some time now. So when I got the idea, I wrote a scene breakdown in, in three days of like about 50% of the movie. And it was very, very brief. It was like, Barry goes here, Barry goes there. And it was very brief. But it was still, you know, we shot the film over a year and a half. Um, we only shot like 28 days. So there was still a lot of planning and everything that went into that. So the movie developed as we were going. And I wrote about six or seven pieces of dialogue for the main dialogue in the movie. And everything else was improv. So all the actors, apart from those scenes that I wrote, those bits of dialogue that I wrote, you know, as I said, it was still planned. So we got on set and we were like, okay, so we've got this and we've got that and let's, let's, let's improv and see how it goes. And we workshop, workshop it right there on the day. And then when it came to Gary Green, uh, he was probably the only one that, you know, what we didn't do the improv with. Uh, I had to work with Gary very close to get exactly what I wanted. Um, and that's why I said it was so important, the, you know, the way I made this film to, um, you know, to to not have dialogue for Gary and him to mimic some of the other characters and stuff like that. So it was very, I had to work with him uh, very, very closely throughout the, throughout the process. But it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun making a movie like this and you don't really get to make movies like this. It's normally set in stone. So it was great to, to be in that moment and, you know, to improv with those actors and to come up with things and, and just being in the moment, you know, just being in the moment. And the great thing about that is that, you know, you, 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 you'll be on set and be like, oh, I've got this great idea. And then we can do it like right there and then. So even though, like I said, I wrote the 50% scene breakdown, the movie evolved as we were going. So we were like, there was some actors that we wrapped and then we were like, oh shit, you know what? It, was, it would actually be really good if we, if we do another scene and we get them to come back. So the movie was developing as we were going. And as I said, with the, we still planned, you know, every day with shooting. So for example, with, there was a supermarket scene and there was like the guy giving away free samples of cheese. And then there was the checkout girl. So it was like, okay, we got the checkout girl. We got the guy giving away uh, free samples of food. What could happen here? So Barry's with his wife and you know, what could happen? So then it, so we, you've got all the subjects and the content within the brief of the scene and then you, you know you can improv it and and but that's where the magic comes that's where those great ideas just come out of nowhere and you go fuck let's do this and sometimes we would do one take and then the next thing we would be like oh my god we've got a great idea we got to do it and then we'll shoot the new idea and then we would all you know the whole crew we just want to laugh because it's so funny and then and that was it that was the right it was the right you know it was the right way to do it um, and it was the only way to, to make Fry Barry to do it in this way. I mean, some people, you know, they go, you know, we uh, wrote a script and it took five or 10 years to get the money and to be able to do it. And our, our turnover time from when I got the idea to when we were shooting literally was a month. So it, it happened super quick, super fast. But as I said, it took a year and a half to, to shoot. So, you know, it was still, it was still a very long process. And I think it's a better film because of the time that went by, because we had time to plan all these things that we wanted and needed. Because if, if we shot everything every single day, 
and we had no time to to plan, then it also wouldn't be nowhere near as good as of what we got. Oh yeah, I just wanted to follow up real quick. Um, you know, twenty twenty has been uh, quite a fascinatingly rough year. Um, had did COVID nineteen set you back any, or were there any things you had to overcome, or did it affect production at all? Um, not really. No, I mean the 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 thing is that and i've said this before it's kind it's kind of been like a blessing in disguise for the online film festivals you know because every you know all, majority of all the festivals are all online streaming so obviously in a normal cinema you'll get 20 you know you'll get 250 to 300 people in a screening so as it's my first feature film you know it would have been great to go to fantasia and watch my film and speak to the audience and everything. It would have been awesome. It would have been so good. But at the same time, as I said, it's 250 to 300 people in the screening. So with the online streaming thing, like in Brazil, we had like 4,000 people watch the film. So, which is amazing. So there's more, way more feedback, way more people are actually watching your film. So it's actually, uh, it's actually pretty good. It, it just gets your film out there. I mean, at the end of the day, you make a movie and you want, you want people to see it. So for 4,000 people to see it at, at just one festival is absolutely amazing. Right. And, uh, you know, Ryan, we discussed the VHS covers earlier and your dad being, you know, a film buff. Um, I read you're particularly a huge fan of the 80s films. Hell, I am too. Um, she's Bill and Ted 3 came out this weekend. So, but, you know, we see several references to those 80s films, such as, you know, E.T., Starman, Terminator, um, Alien, Indiana Jones, all personal favorites of mine as well, amongst others. Um, can you can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, well, again, it was, uh, you know, it's one of those, because I was so influenced with, like, 80s movies and stuff, it was right. just like, you know, I, I, I went out to make, like, a cult-style movie. So people, I guess, like like you guys and like myself, you know, we love those 80s films. So it's cool to reference those movies and people pick up on it, you know, and it, that's what makes it just that little bit extra special where you're like, oh, I know exactly where, you know, he got this idea from or that idea from. And, and you know, sadly, you know, kids these days, when they think of the 80s, I'm pretty sure a lot of them look at um, like Stranger Things and they go, oh, yeah, it's like the 80s. And it's like, and you go, when we watch that, you can tell all the, you know, all the references that's in there. So it's just good to to go back and and to have those references of those great films, you know, that I love and just have a little, you know, nod to them. And it just worked within uh, within the movie and to have those like little Easter eggs in there. Just a few other projects you've been involved with. Can you talk a little bit about Warrior and Bloodshot with Vin Diesel? Yeah, so uh, Warrior, um, we uh, we shot that. I'm, I'm trying to remember when we shot that. It was like, I think it was like last year or the year before. I don't know. Like this whole uh, pandemic thing has, has made my timeline now so, yes, yes. so messed up. Um, yeah, so I just did a season one and I just played this Irish uh, barman, but it was really cool. I mean, I, I'm also a big fan of of uh, Bruce Lee. So for, for Warrior to be based on, you know, a story that... Uh, that, that Bruce Lee, you know, once had and they adapted it and uh, Shannon Lee got involved and and all these people. So it was cool just to be a part of of something like that. And it was, it, you know, it was a small, you know, it was a small reoccurring uh, role, but it was just, it was cool to be a part of it. And then with uh, Bloodshot, with uh, 
Vin Diesel and uh, Guy Pearce. I yeah, I played a very uh, small role in that where it was like a, uh, it was like one of those like memory scenes where it's keep cutting back where he's trying to remember this person's face and it cuts to like I think it was like six or seven guys with the same wardrobe on and I was like uh, I think I was I think in the credits I'm like the Englishman or something like that I don't know and uh, but yeah it was it was cool to be a, uh, a part of it uh, more more warrior than uh, bloodshot but uh, but yeah it was. Uh, so it was a cool experience. I mean, I was just chuffed that I met uh, Guy Pierce. He's like right. <laughs> such a such a cool actor. So it was it was nice to to chat to him. And actually, on, on, at that time, I, I had an early a early trailer of uh, Fry Barry, which I showed him, and he really he really digged that. And he actually brought up uh, one of my references, which which was that Australian movie uh, Bad Boy Bobby. So that was pretty that was pretty cool. Hey, Ryan, is there anything else Fried Berry related you want to tell the audience where they can find this film, when it's going to release, stuff like that? Yeah, so Fried Berries, uh, it's only going to get released uh, next year, uh, the beginning of next year. And right now, you know, it's hitting all the major festivals. So at the moment, it's, it's at Fantasia for another, I think, another four days or so. So you must check it out there. And if you haven't uh, seen the trailer, just type in Fried Berry, check it out. Uh, but it is hitting other festivals uh, around the world. Uh, so it will play in many places where it's going to be streaming. So if, uh, you know, during this whole uh, pandemic, at least uh, no matter where you are in the country, you can actually stream it and watch it uh, at that festival. Uh, but yeah, other, other than that, uh, just type in uh, ryankruger.tv or frybarry.com or Ryan Kruger or Fry Barry on Instagram and Facebook. And we'll have details for new up, up and coming festivals where you can actually check it out. Awesome, man. Hey, we really appreciate you joining us. Is there anything you want to shout out before we end this call? Uh, no, I think that's it, man. And uh, thank you so much for having me and talking about Fry Barry. Uh, really appreciate it. Oh, no problem, man. We really appreciate your time. It was fun. I look forward to checking it out, man. It looks kind of like, uh, if you took one of the guys from The Hangover and put him in like a sci-fi horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's a very crazy, wacky movie. It's one of those films where you'll either get it or you don't. You're, you'll either love it or you'll hate it. So <laughs> it's one of those, if you're into that sort of thing and you're not too squeamish, then, uh, then you'll fucking love it. And it's, uh, I try to push those, push those ba boundaries a little bit there. And, you know, it's designed to... Uh, to make you feel uncomfortable. It's designed for you to go on this journey. So yeah, it's a bit of a mixture of everything. You know, it's got a bit of sci-fi, a bit of horror, a lot of dark humor and comedy. And yeah, I think uh, if anybody checks it out, watch it. And also you guys let me know what you think once you've, once you've seen it. Oh yeah, for sure. No problem. Absolutely. Well, thank you again, man. Just want to remind everybody. Uh